us as it is in heaven for some time and and it's quite the working of the Lord that's going on there uh, as it is in heaven Jesus said in what we call the Lord's Prayer he made a uh, statement to pray our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth on earth and, and this is this is the part to get a hold of. He said, on earth as it is in heaven. And when you read that, you have to let the Lord kind of guide your heart because you, you, you know, we have a concept that the way it is in heaven is very different than the way it is in earth. That's a concept, right? Is anybody beside me had that concept in their heart sure you have so but Jesus prayed or told them to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven now a question and like I said these are these are out in the uh, zoom meetings a question to ask is if God's kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in heaven, then would it make sense that the church might understand how it is in heaven? Would that make sense? How would it be that the kingdom of God could come on earth as it is in heaven if we don't know how it is in heaven? How could that be? Just a question. Now, it's a question to think on. How could it be, I'll say it again, how could it be that the kingdom of God come on earth, and according to the translation it says on earth or in earth, and that's Matthew 6. How could it be that the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven if we don't know how that is? How could that possibly be? I don't know that it could if we don't understand how it is in heaven so so we you, you know we have to sometimes look at these things and some of these things we look at sometimes they are they are difficult to to understand right but the fact that they're difficult to understand doesn't mean we don't look at them it, it if it's written in the word of god it's probably to our benefit to read it and probably to our benefit to seek to understand it it's not written there just to be ink in the Bible that's not the intent it's written there that we would understand it that we would hear it that we would know it that's why it's written well as we move on this morning in the subject we've been in we're in the book of John chapter 6 Nita can I have your phone too okay the book of John 6 And in, we're going to go through quite a number of scriptures in John 6. So let me get where we're going to start. This is Jesus dealing with being the bread of life. So if you want to turn to John 6, 31, we can go there. So in, in John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to those I believe who had ate the bread that he had fed them and he says to them in verse 31 he says our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written he gave them bread out of heaven to eat 
Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, It was not Moses that gave you the bread out of heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread out of heaven. So it was not Moses that gave you bread out of heaven. And what we're dealing with here, is, and have been dealing with, with some, for some weeks, is a couple places in the scripture, the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all, and then whom do men say that I am? And of course Peter saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Jesus defines himself in John's Gospels. If you start reading John's Gospels, Jesus actually defines himself. He actually says who he is. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to that, but he actually says, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. So he defines himself. Okay? So, so if the church is his body, then it sh the church should understand what the bread of life is. Because the church is the body of the bread of life. And what, what I plan on doing for the next few weeks is looking at the I am's of Jesus Christ. You know, I am the bread of life. And that's where we're at this morning, right back, getting back into John 6. He's, in verse 31 it says, Our fathers ate, or they said, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, It was not Moses that gave you the bread out of heaven. But my Father giveth you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which cometh down out of heaven, and giveth life unto the world. So here's the bread of God. He defines the bread of God. He said the bread of God comes down out of heaven and gives life unto the world. They said therefore unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. That's what most people say when they have this idea of life. Is give me life. In fact, in the natural man, he'll do everything to sustain his life. I've said this many times. If he has a lot of money and he gets sick, he will spend that money to sustain his life, won't he, Calvin? Of course. But Jesus wasn't speaking to them of that natural life. He said... He says unto them, Jesus said unto them, verse 35, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So if we are the church that is His body, we should understand the bread. Because He said, I am the bread. That's what He said, I am the bread. He that cometh to me shall not hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, does that mean you won't be naturally thirsty? Does that mean you won't be naturally hungry? No, he's, he's, what he's saying is I'm an unlimited supply of bread and water. If you're hungry and you come to me, I will ever supply to you. And if you're thirsty and you come to me, I will ever give you drink. I will continuously give you drink. So, so here we have a situation where these people have eaten bread and I believe fishes. And they followed Jesus and now he's encountering them and he's telling them, I am the bread. And he compares that to Moses and the manna that's given to the children of Israel. And he's saying to them that that manna that was given was not the true bread from heaven. I'm 
the manna. I'm the true bread. I'm what God has sent down to give life to the world. Verse 36, he says, But I said unto you that you have seen me, and yet believe not. All that which the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I, for I am come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now skip down to verse 47, this same place in John 6. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth hath eternal life. I am the bread of life. Now I want you to mark in your mind eternal life. Because most of us, and, and I'm just going to make a brief statement. Try to, Brother Bob. Most of us, when we read eternal life, we go, well, I'm going to live forever. I believe that. Okay? But it's how you live forever. See, in your Bible, eternal life, I believe the word, and, I, and I've not pulled all this up this morning, but I believe that word is a Zoe life. I believe it's what it's in the Strong's Dictionary or the, or the original Greek is a is a different kind of life. So it's not just that you're going to have, that you're going to live forever. It's speaking of another kind of life than what you already had. And see, this is, this is a big deal. Because in Christianity, if we think, well, I'm just going to live forever. And, and, that, and that becomes the hope of most Christians, that I just don't die. Okay? In order to have his life, we have to die. See, see, the truth is, in order to have his life, we've got to die. But the life we have is another kind of life. And that's, and that's what a lot of Christians don't see. Is salvation is a whole different life. A whole different kind of life. And Jesus tells you what that is. And like I said, I'm trying not to go too far down that road this morning. But Jesus says, I am the life. So the life that you have in your relationship with God is Him. And that's really what Christianity is, is learning Him. So, so if, I, if I took this big picture of the I am's of Jesus Christ, I may could say the culmination of it, maybe, is life. Of everything he's saying, the culmination of it is life. Or what where it concludes that is life. So how do I get this life as I eat this bread? Okay, so, so Jesus said in another place, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone. I believe that's what he's speaking to the devil. He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So how I'm going to live in this life is through the bread of this life. So how I live in the natural world is I eat the bread of that world. Bread represents, you know, food. So if I don't eat the food of the natural world, I'll die. If I don't have the water of the natural world, I'll die. That's just a true principle. Right? So Jesus comes forth and he says, I'm the bread of life. So if you don't eat the bread of this life, you don't have it. And, that, and that's what he goes on here to say. He says, this is the bread which cometh down out of the heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. So if I eat this bread of life, I won't die. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. 
If any man eat of this bread, he, will, he shall live forever. And the bread which I give is my flesh for the life of the world. So I'm giving my flesh for the life of the world. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I am, verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate men in the wilderness, and they died. I am, this is the bread which cometh down out of heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Yea, and the bread which I give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove one with another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? That's a good question. That's a good question for all of us to, to, to get a hold of and to understand. Because as we share Christ, we're giving His, His flesh and blood to those that will receive. So here, here, here He goes. And there's a lot of doctrines around this, this right here in John 6. Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. This is a powerful statement. Jesus said, unless you eat his flesh, and drink his blood, you have no life. Okay? Some people have reduced that down to a cracker and grape juice. That, that, that's eating his flesh and drinking his blood. You, it, and, and some people believe they have to have that bread and grape juice or wine, whichever group you're with. If you don't have it, you're not alive. Now that's where some people are at. That they're looking for this bread and wine, Right? To have it every week, or have it every month, or whatever. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about a literal bread and wine, or a literal cracker and grape juice. He's talking about eating of Him. He's talking about receiving into our hearts of Him. We receive His Word into our hearts. That's what we do. He goes on and he says, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath life, eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth where at? In me. And where does he say he abides at? In him. So, so here's the consequence of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. When you eat his flesh, you abide in him. When you drink his blood, you abide in him. And he abides in you. See, that's a new day. See, this is a whole new day. And like Jesus said, I will raise them up at the last day. This day is new. You know... There's so much in here, I, I don't want to get sidetracked from I'm the bread of life. But, but I know this is a big question that comes out, and so I'm going to just, just make a statement to it. And someday out here in the future, remind me, and we'll go through this, because I'll get off track and forget I even said we'll go through this, okay? So sometimes you have to remind me. But I'll raise him up at the last day. Well... There's a couple ways to look at this last day. One way is that means the last day of the world. That's a way. Maybe that's what he meant. It's possible. Don't think so. See, Jesus, if you, if you pay close attention in especially John's Gospel... Over and over he deals with that day. At that day you will know, I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. He deals with a day. 
That day has nothing to do with the sun, the moon, and the stars. Alright, let me try to explain this. Because I know I've walked out on a, a ledge, so to speak. And I, and I don't want to jump. But I want to bring you out on this ledge with me. Okay, maybe we'll all come out on this ledge. And we're all going to just jump together. So, kidding. We're in a figurative ledge. We're not on a real ledge. When you receive Christ in your heart, and Christ comes into your heart, that's a new day. You have never been to that day before. Never. That's a new day. That day has nothing to do with sun, moon, and stars. Except that you were naturally born in sun, moon, and stars. That day has to do with the Spirit. Does everybody agree with that? That's a day that has nothing to do with the natural world at all. That's a new day. That's an eternal day. That, that you receive the Lord, you are in a last day. There's nothing beyond the Lord. You're never going to go beyond the Lord Jesus. So, so that's a, if we can hear it, it's the last day because at Hebrews 9, keep your place here and flip to Hebrews 9. I said I wasn't going to go here, but I, I feel like I need to. Go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. And go down to verse 20. Um, six. Verse 26 of Hebrews 9 says, For then must he often suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world. This is the King James translation. Other translations say the end of the age. But now once in the end of the world have he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He is the end of the world. This is what a lot of people don't get a hold of. When he died, that world ended. That age, that time, come to a conclusion. He was the fulfillment of a particular time. And that time was a time under the law and the prophets. It was a time where men lived unto God by the law of Moses. That's how you lived unto God. You, you, had, you were either in the Jewish family or you had to become a Jew. You had to come in and be circumcised and follow the law. When he died, that ended. When he rose again, a new day began. See, when he rose again, a day began that had never been upon the earth. That you could call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That day had never been. That's the last day. There's nothing beyond his day. In that day is him. And that's who we encounter. We begin to encounter Him when we receive Him. We don't encounter a religion. We don't become... We shouldn't become denominationalists. That's what, we, what we've done. But what we should become is Christians. We, we receive Him. And our encounter is Him. So now once at the end of the world have he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and as it appointed unto men once to die, after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. So he took my judgment. If I receive him, he took my judgment. He bore the sins of many. 
those that receive him have already been judged. And Apostle John writes this and he says, you have passed from death unto life. How many's ever read that besides me? You have, you're not going to, you have passed from death unto life. How did I get out of death and into life? Had nothing to do with sun and moon and stars again. Had to do with Jesus Christ. He was what brought us out of death. Death was more than physically dying. Death was the whole state of man. Man is in death. Apostle Paul writes this over and over again. And he says it plainly that in Adam all were made dead. Now that didn't mean they all physically fell down and died. <laughs> did it? Because if they did, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning. But all mankind were made dead in Adam. So in Adam was death. It's that simple. So Jesus comes on the scene and he declares himself, I'm life. So the difference in life and death is Adam and Christ. And every man, Apostle Paul wraps up every man into men. Do you know that? 1 Corinthians 15, he says, The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So you have a first man and a second man. And he says, the first man's of the earth. The second man's the Lord from heaven. So here's two men. So God concludes every man in these two men. And if you're in the Adam man, you're dead. You don't have life. If you're in the heavenly man or the spiritual man, you have life. And how you gain interest into the spiritual man, this comes back to the bread. I'm trying to get back to the bread. Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So how I get into this new man is I eat his flesh. Glory to God. And I eat that by the Spirit of God. This is how I eat it. The Spirit of God, if I'm lost in Adam, and I, the Spirit of God will convict me of sin. Because that's where I'm at. I'm in sin. If I'm in Adam. And He will convict me that the only way out of my condition is to eat the flesh of the Son of Man and to drink His blood. That there is absolutely no other way out. Unless I eat his flesh and drink his blood, I have no way out of my sin. I'm in it. I'm dead. But when I eat his flesh and drink his blood, then I partake of his death, burial, and resurrection. And eating his flesh and drinking his blood is not a one-time thing. It's a continual relationship with God that we're continually feeding on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I really wanted to get to this morning and, and, and give me a few more minutes. But back into John 6. Flip back over to John 6 where we were. And I want you to notice what Jesus says on down here in John 6. He says to them, verse uh, 54, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Now does that... Now... now Think with me. Does that mean he's literally given you his flesh and blood to eat? 
No. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me shall live, how? By me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that the disciples murmured at him, he said, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what did he say the words were that he was speaking? Spirit. So if I don't understand them by the Spirit, guess what? I probably don't understand them at all. And this, and this is the, the condition in a lot of the church. Paul, Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, Ye are carnal, you walk as men. You don't understand God's word. And so Jesus said to, to them, he says, The words I'm speaking, they're spirit and life. And then he goes on to say, But there are some of you that believe not. Now, now, in this exchange with Jesus here, one thing I want you to hear, he said, because he puts them together, he said, He that eats my flesh and drink my blood have, has life. In verse 47, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So how I eat his flesh and drink his blood is by believing, by receiving the word. That's how I do it. That's exactly how I eat his flesh and drink his blood. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And then he says, he that believeth has life. See, think of John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his Son, that whosoever does what? Believeth in him has what? Eternal life. Okay? So I believe His Word, and I receive His life. I eat His Word, and I'm receiving His life. Does that, does that make sense to you? I'm eating His Word, and I'm receiving His life. His Word equals His life. His Word equals his life. If I don't eat his word, if I don't eat his word, see, see, I can eat all kinds of things, I can eat all kinds of words and ideas. In fact, man does all the time. Man consumes ideas continuously. You know that? If you, if you had a certain kind of rally here, you could have on, on a right-wing rally or a left-wing rally. You could get either side, so I'm not trying to be political. You could get men eating ideas because they, they take them into their heart and they store them. Right? So Jesus is saying, take me into your heart and store me for where you're heart is, there your treasure will be also. So if my heart's all about natural things, that's my treasure. That's my treasure. If I spend all of my time in the natural, and I make no time for God, I know this ain't real deep saying this, but this is necessary. If I make no time for God but Sunday morning, I... What, how, would that, how would that do you in the natural, Brother Calvin, if you ate one time a week? You'd be, you, 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 you'd, be, you'd be beyond getting in shape. You'd be destitute. Do you understand that? If in the natural, all I ate was one time, I'd be pitiful. I would be starving. 
I wouldn't be skinny. I'd be beyond skinny. Well, I would be skinny, but I'd be beyond slim. Because a lot of times we use the word skinny for slim. Because, we, we, you know, we want to be slim. But we would really be skinny. We would be in starvation mode because we're eating one time a week. So how do you think we are in the spirit? And I know it has nothing to do with time, with natural time really with God, because God's beyond time. But when we don't pull up at His table and eat, but in these services, how do you think we really are? We make time in the natural for everything we almost want to do. We do. We make time. And sometimes, sometimes we have to make time for the Lord. We have to give God time. That's one of the, 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 the only, if I, if I told you requirements here, I don't have all these requirements you've got to do. But if, I, but if I could give you something to do, because a lot of times people want things to do, it would be to get before the Lord, find a time, and eat His Word. And come to the place to where you're eating His Word by the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of God is showing you what His Word means. See, there's, there's, a, there's a reading the Bible and saying, well, the Bible says this. I told a gentleman recently, we were having a, a debate. We were, he believes one way on something and I believe another way than him. So we were debating it to a degree. And I said to this fellow, I said, I could show you scripture on both sides of this, you know, disagreement. I could show you by the scripture, I could support your view, in other words. I could take the scripture and I could support what you're telling me. But I can also take the scripture and support what I'm saying to you. So I could, I could take the scripture and say it means this, or I could take the scripture and say it means that. In the same Bible. But the gap is, I'm not understanding it by the Spirit of God. See, that's the gap. And that's why Jesus makes this comment, the words that I speak, they are spirit and life. So, so to eat His words, I have to receive them through the Spirit. It's not just a literal book because people have read the Bible and they've come up with all kinds of ideas and they do every day of what the Bible says. The, the Spirit shows us what it says and it's all in regard to Jesus Christ. If we would get this, the Bible is in regards to Him. Search the Scripture, in them you think you have life, but these testify of me. So when I come to eat His Word and drink His blood, I come to the Word of God to, to receive it by the Spirit of God. And, and, that's, and that's something to cross, kind of cross over a bridge, so to speak. I had a, had a brother say to me about theologians, and he questioned some of the things I believed. And he said, you know, the, all these theologians believe different than you. I said, okay. Something like that. I can't remember the exact words, but okay. And he says, you're, he said something to me like, you're saying you hear by the Spirit. And what he was kind of saying, or what I believe he was saying, I don't want to put words in his mouth, is... You're going to trust that you're believing by the Spirit instead of trusting all these theologians? And the answer is yes, I am. I really am. Because the Spirit searches all things. The Bible says, yea, even the deep things of God. And the Spirit shall teach you what? All things. I'm not saying theologians may not be great. Some of them may be fantastic. They may have some fantastic things to share with you, but I'm not going to go down a path where I just believe what they say. That's what I'm saying. God is able to show you. You're in relationship. Jesus said here in John 6 that if you ate His Word and drank His blood, 
you would be in him and he would be in you. So he's closer to you than the theologian because he's in you. And you're closer to him than the theologian because you're in him. If he's God, do you think he might be able to show you his word? Especially if he's in you. If he's in you, he's able to show you his word. Now, a couple other scriptures, and, I, and I'll be done this morning. I, I do want to say a couple things to you. I didn't get everything said. Because I, I got sidetracked just a little bit. But in Ephesians 4, verse 9, and, and maybe next week we'll pick right back up in this Ephesians 4, in this I am the bread of life. He says, now this he ascended. What is it but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that ascended far above all the heavens that he might feel all things. So he descended and ascended and he ascended to feel all things. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and to the work of ministering and to the building up of the body of Christ till we all attain unto the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a full-grown man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we be no longer children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men in cunning craftiness after the wiles of error, but speaking the truth. Listen to this. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. Get a hold of this. Speaking the truth in love, we may be able to grow up. How do we grow up? By receiving the truth in love. Grow up in all things. Where's all things at? Into Him, who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly framed and knit together through that which every joint supplies, according to the working and due measure of each several part, make of the increase of the body uh, to the building up of itself in love. So, so Paul says, speaking the truth, we may be able to grow. That's how you grow. Is eating the truth. Who said he's the truth? I am the truth. I am the way, the truth. So, and if, and if you read the rest of this chapter in Ephesians 4, verses 20 through 24, the Apostle Paul tells you that you have not so learned Christ if you're not walking in comprehension. He's, tell, he's telling them, well, we'll read it because I'm butchering it. Verse 20 through 24 of this same chapter, Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. He says, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man. This is, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new man. See, here's the truth. This is the truth. That you put off the old man. And you put on the new man. That's the truth. Speaking the truth in love. You know, in what we call church, many believers have no concept to putting off the old man. A lot of believers sit around and, and say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. In fact, that's a doctrine. And they'll sit around and agree, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Paul writes, you've not so learned Christ. That you've put off the old man and not just, the, you, have you put him off, 
you put off his conversation. You, you, you no longer speak from that old man. You no longer have your conversation out of the old man. You're having your conversation out of what you're comprehending in Christ. You're having another conversation. Doesn't mean you have a new mouth. Right? You still have the same mouth. You still sound like you did. But now what's coming out of your mouth is a whole different conversation. And it's in regard to the old man being gone. Because you're renewed in the spirit of your mind to the truth that's in Jesus. That you have put off the old man and you're putting on the new man. And you're walking in this. See, that's how you speak the truth in love. The truth is, is centered upon His work, and that's also eating the bread. Because you receive this into your heart, and you, it, it abides in you because He abides in you. His Word abides in you. And you ask what you will, and it's done. So you begin to live in the reality of who He is. Because you're feasting on His Word. Do you understand that? That's what we're doing. We're feeding on Christ Jesus the Lord. We're not just feeding on the book written about Him, but through the Spirit, the, the book comes alive in the person of Jesus Christ, if we could say it that way. So, so we don't just read that, well, I'm dead. We do, we read that. But by the Spirit, we comprehend it in Christ that's in us. By the Spirit, let me say this again, because this is important. Christ is in us. How many here agree Christ is in us? All right. How many believe Christ died to sin? How many believe he died to the world? You keep, you keep saying all the things he died to, and you should look at all the things he died to. Now, as the Spirit makes that real, I'm reading this, that the old man has been put off. Who put the old man off? Jesus did. Alright. That's true in you because he is in you. Christ is in you, right? So everything he did is inside of you. Because he's in you. Because he's in you. Everything he did is inside of you. Now as I understand that by the Spirit, that begins to come, become real to me. And what's becoming real to me is what's already in me because he's in me. He's in me. See, see, of His fullness we have received, John wrote. Not, not of His part. John said, of His fullness we have received, and grace for grace. His fullness deals with His death, burial, resurrection, His glorification, ascension, and His indwelling power. Deals with more. Deals with the fullness of it. Now that's in us. Because He's in us. Doesn't mean I've comprehended it. Doesn't mean I walk in it. Doesn't mean I know it. But I have, have to start with the reality that He is in me. And He's not in me lesser than Himself. He's in me in what He is. And we, we dealt with it for about a year John seeing Jesus on the Isle of Patmos and how he saw him in the church and how he described him in his fullness. And he saw that in the church. So he's in me in his death. So, his, so the death he did in the body of his flesh is inside of me. And you. And that's why Paul says, if so be you've been hurt, if you've heard him, not he didn't say, if so be you've read your Bible. 
He said, if so be you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. See, here's a big issue, this thing Paul says here. Now, we rewrite over it, but he says, if you have heard him. I'm going to stop here because I've been a long time. Give me five more minutes. If you have heard him, have you heard him? Have you been taught by him? Because when he teaches you, he's going to teach you the truth. That you've put off the old man and his deeds. And how you've put them off is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Apostle John writes, as he is, so are we in this present world. So he's dead to sin. So as he is, so are we. Well, that, that, that should be a shouting party. As you are, Lord, so are we. Right? If we comprehend that, so, so he's dead to sin. He's dead to the old man. He's dead to the world. He's alive to God. He's the resurrection and the life. As he is, so are you. So when you go forth into the earth, like Sister Varner picked up that old song, the kingdom and dominion have been given to the saints of the Most High. That's absolutely the truth. That's absolutely what the prophet Daniel saw, that he was going to give his dominion to the church, to the saints of the Most High, and that's who you are. So you walk in the earth as he is. Glory to God. That's how, you know, the beginning of this message, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how that happens. As he is, so are you in this present world. So you begin to live out of what he is in this world. Anyway, I'll stop there for today, but read this, study it. We're done.